Thanks for listening to the weekend message from Abundant Life Church. Most weeks on the podcast, you'll hear teaching from our lead pastor, Jeremy Jernigan. We have campuses in Oregon and Washington and are committed to giving ourselves to make the gospel good news for others. Find out more about Abundant Life Church at alcpnw.com. Well, we don't always know if what we're looking at is, is accurate, if what we're seeing is accurate. This has especially been true uh, during a season of quarantine where most of our interactions with one another are online somehow or through a screen somehow. And so we're seeing smaller versions of one another through a lens and through a screen. And, and, and some people have really decided to capitalize on this and to try to really take advantage of the fact uh, that, that people can only see a certain amount of, of us. There, there's a product, and uh, I'm just gonna ask you to refrain from Googling this till after the service is over, uh, but you, this is a real product called the Work From Home Jammies. Check this out. The Work From Home Jammies. These are uh, a pajama outfit uh, that if you see the majority is, is, you know, like that sweatpants material, but then the very top is a business looking shirt. And so these are designed, as you can see, of what the computer screen can actually see, uh, but then the rest of your body would be comfortable. These are like a mullet for your clothes. You know, it's business on top, it's a party everywhere else, and you can be relaxed, uh, and you can still look good for your Zoom call. And in case you're like, wow, is this a real thing? That is amazing. They come in multiple colors. Check this out. You can have options of what uh, you want to look like when you show up to your Zoom meetings or decide to roll back into bed. Now, if you have had a lot of experience with Zoom lately, uh, maybe you have, have been experiencing what many people are calling Zoom fatigue. And, and Zoom fatigue largely is the result of less details that we have to pick up the same cues that we normally try to pick up on, on one another. And so when we're, we're talking to someone, we're looking at context, we're looking at tone of voice and body language and, and, and all kinds of things. But that is much more difficult uh, when you remove a lot of those variables and you're looking at someone from a screen and maybe you're wondering if they're wearing the work from home pajamas. You, you don't even know if, you know if what's going on there. And, and so we're all trying to, to figure this out with less information than we normally had. Well, I wanna welcome you to Abundant Life Church. Uh, we're so glad that you're here. Uh, wherever you are, are tuning in, for those who are, are watching with us uh, right now, uh, if you're in your living room or your kitchen or wherever you are, so glad that you are here. If you are watching or listening to this later, uh, wherever you are, we have been uh, reaching so many new people. It's so exciting to, to, to be a part of that. And so welcome to you. We're so glad that you're here. However, you got connected with us today. Today. My name is Jeremy and I'm the lead pastor. And uh, if you're new with us, we are a church about giving ourselves to make the gospel good news for others and thrilled that you are a part of this with us. Now, I'm really excited for today. And uh, this has been something that we've been talking about and getting ready for. But, but today's a little bit uh, of a return to some normalcy for us. Uh, we have spent the last two months uh, going through just week by week, what are some things that we sense God is saying to us? What are some conversations we need to have in the midst of all the things that we've been going through? Uh, but now what we're gonna do is we're gonna return to our series in John. 
And I'm so excited. I, I was loving preaching through the, the, the book of John. Uh, and then we just felt like we needed to push pause and give ourselves some, some space to breathe. And, and so we did that for two months. And now as, as we're all kind of figuring out what does it look like to move forward? How do we take steps ahead? Uh, it feels right to go back into the gospel of John. Uh, but because it's been two months, uh, some of you, uh, you, you haven't even been in, a, in John with us since you've been joining us. And so we're gonna spend today uh, getting us all ready uh, of what we're gonna get back into in the book of John. And so if you're taking notes, and I encourage you to take notes with something, whether it's physical uh, notepad and, and a pen or uh, a pencil, or if you get a phone out and get a note app out, uh, the title today is In Search of an Ending. And so I encourage you to write that down. You can reference this back online uh, if you ever wanna know which message this is. Then in our Bibles, we're gonna be in John chapter 20. And they may think John chapter 20, uh, that seems like it's like the end of the book. Why are we going there? Well, well, hold on a second. You'll see in just a moment. But it has been, it's hard to believe, two months since we last were getting into John and, and we've covered a lot of ground there. Uh, but what I've realized is a number of you have, have joined us since then. And we're so grateful that you are part of this and we're reaching people in all kinds of states that we uh, previously were not reaching people. But now that we're uh, you know, creating this experience online, so many of us, uh, of you have been tuning in with us each weekend online. And, and so we're so glad to have you here. We wanna make sure you uh, have the chance to get up to speed before we dive into uh, the specifics of John that you can get where we all were uh, when we last talked about this. But even if you have been with us the whole time and you were with us uh, back when we launched John, uh, you may not remember all the things that we were talking about because two months is a long time and a lot has happened since then. And so I wanna spend just a few moments today getting us back into the, the, the mindset of what we're gonna look at throughout the Gospel of John, uh, and then we're gonna be ready uh, for the weeks to come as we dive into it. Now, if you wanna know, how do, I, how do I get ready? Where are we gonna be at? Uh, we're gonna be in chapter six next week. And so uh, even though we've already started it, we didn't actually get all that far into the, the book of John, just working our way slowly through that. But if you wanna go this week, you could read the first five chapters of John and, and just get ready and, and, and get familiarized uh, with where we've been so far. And, and five chapters won't take you long if you spend some time this week. And then you'd be ready for next week as we get into chapter six. And so I wanna encourage you to do that. But today I wanna look at John chapter 20, in particular verses 30 and 31. Now, again, you might be going, why are we going all the way to the back? Uh, but this is the, the, the little uh, look behind the curtain, if you will, that John gives us. Why does this gospel exist? What is John's purpose? What is John up to uh, when he writes this gospel? Uh, John lets us know that, and, and it happens in verse 20, or chapter 20. And so we're gonna see this is John's intent. And, and, and I've been you know, trying to reinforce this as we go throughout the chapters uh, in light of what John himself says he is trying to do and how he writes this gospel. And so if you're with me, John 20, verse 30 says this. The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book, which is such a fascinating idea. But these are written, the things that he did write about, so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life 
by the power of his name. Now, again, if you've got a physical Bible or you've got a Bible app and you're reading along with us, that's a great passage to highlight, to notate somehow and say, circle it, whatever. This is why John is writing this book. And this gives us the, the lens, if you will, of how we should read uh, the other chapters of John to go, what is John doing? What is John trying to show us about Jesus? And, and so John is limiting his examples. And, and if you've ever read all the different gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, you may have noticed that John is radically different than the other three. John has different stories a lot of the times, a different perspective on what he's sharing about Jesus. And John explains to us why of, of what he's intending to do. And so I have said that the, the point of the book is twofold. And, and it, it's good to keep these two things in your mind. And again, if you're writing things down, I encourage you to write this down because this will come in into play week after week as we're exploring what John has to say. Number one, uh, John wants us to see Jesus as he really is, okay? To see Jesus accurately, to get a good uh, idea of who Jesus really is. Now to John, there's primarily two aspects of that. The first is that Jesus is the Messiah. Now that may not be an idea that you're that familiar with, maybe what is a Messiah? But this is uh, the, the savior. This is the one that the Jews were looking for. They were hoping for, they were longing for. There was prophecy written all throughout the Old Testament of what to look for. And so there's this sense of someday, God is gonna make things right. Someday God is going to send the Messiah, the Savior, the one that is going to lead us forward and solve the problems that we have. That is all built into this idea of Jesus as the Messiah. And John is saying, Jesus is the Messiah. The one you have been waiting for, the one you have been longing for, the one who's gonna make things right. That is indeed Jesus. You do not need to wait any longer. Now, again, this is interesting because Jews today and Jews after this point that, that continue to say, no, uh, we, we're still gonna wait, had to make a decision. They had to look at Jesus and say, does Jesus uh, meet the criteria for the Messiah? And there was many Jews, especially the early church that said, yes, Jesus is who we've been waiting for. But there's been other Jews that have said, no, this isn't the Messiah. John's argument is that Jesus is. He is the one you have been waiting for, the one that God has been telling you about, the one that all the Old Testament points to. That is the person of Jesus. And then with that, John says that Jesus is God, that, that Jesus is not just a great teacher. He's not just a great moral leader. He's not just a great guy or a great person in history. That Jesus is God. And these are the things that we still wrestle with today when we try to figure out who is Jesus. Is he the Messiah? Is he the one that's gonna make all things right? And is he actually God or is he just a great teacher, a great leader or, or, or some type of philosopher, right? We have these ideas and John is trying to explain to us that you gotta see Jesus as he really is. Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus is God. But then there's a so what? Okay, well, why do we need to see Jesus like this? And, and, and John's so what is the second reason is to find life in him. The reason why you need to see that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is God, is so that you will find your life in him. 
that you will not look for your life anywhere else outside of the person of Jesus. Because that is, is the fullness of God, that is the embodiment of God that now we see in the person of Jesus. And so this is what John is trying to show us. Like, you've got to look to Jesus to understand where you're going to find your life. Now, if you look at these two points of, of what John is trying to accomplish, that we would see Jesus as he really is, that we would find our life in him, I hope that as we study this book, it has the exact same effect on us today. I hope that week after week, as we dive back into John, you will see Jesus clearly. You will see Jesus as the Messiah. You will see Jesus as God. And most importantly, you will find life in Jesus. And, and one of the best ways that, that I know how to illustrate this is, is actually this little video that I showed. And, and I showed this back in November uh, when we started this series. But, uh, but a number of you ha have latched onto this image as an analogy of what John is doing. So I want to bring this back. And, and again, if you were with us in November, you saw this. Uh, but I want to show you this little video here explains an arrow uh, that it's not just a normal arrow. It's a very interesting arrow. And, and watch what this arrow does. Check this out. Now, it's okay if your brain is hurting right now and you're like, what? What did I just see? How is that possible? Uh, I, I can't explain the physics behind that, uh, but there's something about that arrow and the way the curves work that literally your brain can only see it going in one direction. And, and there's just something about that. But I love that as an illustration for what John is doing that John is essentially doing the same thing. He's going to point you back time after time after time in a lot of different contexts and a lot of different conversations that always goes back to Jesus, to who Jesus is. And again, this is where John is going to offer us life, that as you see where that arrow goes, it goes back to Jesus, back to Jesus, back to Jesus. You learn to find your life in Jesus. And I think it's such an amazing uh, image to keep in mind as we read through the gospel that, that, again, we're going back to Jesus, back to Jesus, so that we see Jesus as he really is and we find our life in Jesus. Because it's so important that you understand that Jesus, as the New Testament writers who had seen Jesus and walked with Jesus, they knew that Jesus was the fullness of God. This was what God looked like. This is finally what they had been longing to see. They had a chance to see. And, and, and this is such a beautiful picture for us then to go back and go, this was the moment that we got to see what Jesus really looks like. The author and pastor Brian Zand says it like this, and I love this quote. God is like Jesus. God has always been like Jesus. There has never been a time when God was not like Jesus. Now, we haven't always known this, but now we do. Again, that arrow goes back. This is what God is like. We didn't always know this before we had seen the person of Jesus, but now we do. Now we know what John is like. Now, if you'll allow me, I'll like to connect it like this. John is trying to show us that Jesus is the reverse of the work from home jammies. 
you're going, wow, that, that got weird. So the work from home jammies are this idea of I'm only going to show you a certain part and, and there's a deception there. But I think what John is doing is the actually, just like the opposite of that going, Jesus is the fullness of God. Not like a little glimpse of God, the fullness of God and the fullness of what you and I have been waiting for. Now, one of the ways that the, the work from home jammies uh, advertises how they work is they show you the angle in which this, this works. And so check this image out. This shows you the angle in which you're, you're seeing him. Now, again, what you realize is there is so much that that computer is not picking up, that the computer is not seeing. And you could really say for a lot of people, that has been, uh, I mean, throughout history, people's experience with God, that they got this little glimpse of, of who God is. And they tried to decide what is, what is the rest of God like, right? We have this little teeny glimpse. And what John is doing is he's doing the wide lens going, I'm gonna show you the fullness not just like a little glimpse, not just like a little bit. I'm gonna show you what God is really like. And we have not seen this yet until we see the person of Jesus. Then we get this glimpse and go, whoa, we have not seen God like this, but now we get to see the fullness. It is the opposite of what is happening uh, in quarantine right now, where we're limiting the angles. John's doing just the opposite, going, I want to show you the fullness of what God looks like. Now, if you've ever read through the Old Testament, the, the, the first part of, of your Bible, uh, this is the question that they are constantly asking, what is God like? And even in the Old Testament, there's lots of different ideas as God's people are wrestling through this, going, is God like this? Is God like that? And as you read it, God continues to reveal more and more of himself. So in the opening pages, they don't know a lot about who God is. You get to Moses. Moses is like, what's your name? Like, who do I call you? How do I know which God you are? And by the end, they're starting to have an understanding of who God is. But it is only when you get to Jesus that the Old Testament fully has that, that, that question answered. Now, you may be asking the same question as the Old Testament asks. What is God really like? How do I know? Is, is God angry? Is God mad? Is God disappointed? Uh, is God against me? Is God for me? Like, like, how do I think about God? All of this comes into play in how we understand who Jesus is. The theologian N.T. Wright has this great quote. He says this, the Old Testament is a story in search of an ending. It's a story in search of an ending. There's this longing built into it. And if you read the Old Testament without that in mind, you're going to miss it. If you read the Old Testament as the ending of itself, you're gonna miss the fact that it is a story in search of of an ending. It is setting us up for something. It is longing for something else. You know, the reality is that we're in a season in search of an ending. We're having discussions right now. And again, depending on which state you're in about how do we begin to go back? How do we begin to reopen? How do we begin to figure this out? And this is changing. And again, every state, every country is different in how they're trying to figure this out. But we can sense the same longing of when is this over? And yet the reality is that we can be so locked in on the longing that we can often miss what is happening in the midst of the longing. For example, 
We, uh, uh, this month, celebrated one of our kids had their 10th birthday. And, and you know, I, I think uh, 10th birthday is kind of a big birthday. It's a, it's a big deal. And, and, and yet, Michelle and I, or my wife, we were grieving a little bit. Like, we can't offer the same type of birthday uh, for our 10-year-old that we normally would be able to offer. And so we're thinking, what a bummer uh, for his 10th birthday uh, to be during a season when he can't see his friends, when he can't have a birthday party, when he can't really celebrate. And so as we were talking about this, we were just kind of heavy, just going, oh, this, is, this is such a bummer for him. And again, many of you have, have experienced the same thing of like, we just can't do what we would be able to do. And there's, there's this letdown to it. And you go, well, I, I just grieved for him that he would essentially miss his 10th birthday because we were in the midst of quarantine and we were locked down and there's no way to get around this. And so we started thinking, well, what can we do? We, we can't do the normal things we would do but what can we do? And, and my wife was like, well, they have these parades, you know, where people drive by your house and uh, they, you know, they honk and this whole thing. Like, what if we do one of those? And we had not really had much experience uh, with these parades, but we thought, hey, let's, let's give it a go. And, and so we ended up inviting a bunch of uh, his friends and our friends and said, hey, if you'd be open to this, uh, we would love to try to make this day special for him. And, and so the day of his birthday, we, we bring him out and we're like, hey, we, we want you to come outside and, and all all of a sudden, this, this whole train of cars comes by and honking and, and celebrating, and there is just joy on his face. And I remember thinking, you know what? This isn't uh, what we've ever done for a birthday. It isn't normal because we're longing for a different condition, but this is kind of cool. This, this, is, this is kind of a, a special moment. And again, uh, I had not really experienced anything like that. And, and as the cars are driving by and, and there's just a sense of celebration, even in the midst of uh, things are not the way we want them to be, there is still this, this kind of celebration there. And the most amazing part, and I hope I don't forget this, was at the end of the day, I sat down with them and I said, all right, how, how did today line up? Uh, I know you couldn't do what you normally do. We didn't have a party. We didn't get to, to hang out with all your friends the way you normally do. How did today hold up? You know, we, we really, really tried. And he said to me, with, there's no exaggeration. He said, dad, today was the best day of my life. The best day of my life. I thought, wait, you mean like the best birthday you've ever had? He goes, no, it's the best day of my life. And I thought, can you have the best day of your life in the midst of quarantine? Like, is that even a possibility? And, and yet there was something so sweet about that, that something happened and he was able to experience something even in the midst of, of all the other things that have been removed. And, and the reality is there's, there's a beautiful truth for you and I today, that even in this season of longing for more, we don't have to wait for Jesus to be with us. You see, we don't have to wait to go, oh, when quarantine's over, then we can experience Jesus. No, Jesus is with us here. That, that all of this longing that we have, we can find in the person of Jesus. And we can find our life in the person of Jesus, even when life feels strange, even when things are not the way they normally are. And this is a theme that John just hits on so directly. And it's so appropriate as we re-enter uh, into the, the book of John in a season like this. 
One of the, the passages we looked at in chapter one uh, happens when, when some of the early people are discovering Jesus. The early followers and the early disciples are, are figuring out who Jesus is. And we get to see it, Jesus, through their lens as they then are gonna experience him uh, in greater degree in the chapters to come. But there's this great scene in chapter one in verse 45. And again, we covered this already, but, but I think this gets us in the right uh, mindset. It says this, Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. I love like the discovery. This is show and tell. We have found him, the one we've been waiting for, the one we've been looking for. We have found him. And I hope that you have that same excitement and that same fulfillment as you find life in the person of Jesus as we study this as well. As we get back to go, even in the midst of this, we do not have to wait for Jesus to be with us. You see, we're all looking for something more. We are wanting something more. And we have some of those big questions. You know, is Jesus really God? Maybe you're asking that question today. Maybe you're wondering, is that, is that really true? Could that really be true? And can we really find our life in Jesus? Like, like if Jesus really is God, can you and I still find our life in him today? What would it look like for us to do that? The author, Sarah Bessie, says it like this. We have to be committed to unlearning the unhelpful, broken, unredemptive, false, or incomplete God if we want to have space to relearn the goodness, the wholeness, the joy of a loving God. And so I pray that you would unlearn anything else that gets in the way of you seeing Jesus and finding your life in Jesus. And that is our desire as a church, always to be pointing people. Uh, our first step in discipleship is always to encourage you to meet Jesus for yourself. You and the living person of Jesus, meet Jesus. And you begin to unlearn all these other things. Oh, I thought it was like this, or I thought God was like that. And you begin to see the beauty of how good this good news is when you experience the, the person of Jesus for yourself. And so let's get a little bit personal. Can Jesus meet you in the pain in your life right now? Can you find life in Jesus in the midst of whatever pain you are feeling right now? Can, can Jesus meet you in the disappointments of your life right now? Many of you are dealing with disappointments of, this is not what I thought this was gonna be. This is not what I was hoping for, right? And, and in the midst of the disappointments, can Jesus meet you there and, and give you life? Can Jesus meet us in the hopes that we have, the longings that we have, that everything is pointing us to something greater? Can we meet Jesus there and find our life in him? Now, I, I wanna suggest that, that many of you, you have met Jesus. You, you know Jesus. Uh, you have maybe walked with Jesus for many years. I'm so grateful that that is your experience. But maybe for some of you, it might be time to stop waiting and to find Jesus today. And so here's what I wanna to speak to you, just for a moment. If you have never decided to follow Jesus, okay? So the rest of you just hold on for a moment. But I just wanna to talk to those of you that you go, I don't really know Jesus. 
I don't really know who Jesus is. I've never experienced Jesus. I've never met Jesus myself. And so as you're hearing what John is trying to, you're going, I want that. I want to see Jesus as real as, and I want to find my life in Jesus. I want you uniquely, not, not the majority of us, those of us who say, I have never met Jesus. I wanna encourage you right now to say yes to that and go, I could meet Jesus. I, I could decide right now that I don't have to wait for anything. Uh, it, it doesn't matter when my state reopens, I can meet Jesus today in this very moment. And we would love to come alongside of you and, and, and show you how to do that and introduce you to Jesus. And so if that is you, and again, the majority of you, you don't need to do anything, but if that is you and you're going, I've never met Jesus before, I wanna begin this conversation, I'm gonna encourage you to take an action step right now. And so if you have never met Jesus, you don't know Jesus, you have not yet found your life in him, but you want to, I wanna encourage you to text ALCPNW to this number, 31996, okay? Now this is only if you need to be introduced to Jesus. The rest of you go, hey, I know him, I'm good. But we wanna have our team walk this through with you and go, hey, we wanna talk with you, we wanna pray with you, we wanna introduce you to Jesus and make sure that you can begin in this moment, in real time to say, I, I need to know this, Jesus. I need to see Jesus for who he really is and I need to find my life in him. And if that is you and you've never made that decision before, I pray today is the day that it all changes for you. That today is the day you go, I, I got to know Jesus. I got to find my life in him. And this will be the day you'll look back on forever and go, everything changed in that moment. And I, I wanna encourage you, if that is you, if you've never taken that step, text that number and say, you know what, I, I need to begin this. And we would love to come alongside of you and help you figure this out. Now, for all of us, I wanna encourage us, the posture that we live in as we figure out how do we navigate hard times, confusing times, how do we figure out how to move forward is to constantly go back to Jesus. Now, let's, let's return to the arrow illustration. This is what we should all be doing is just constantly redirecting back to Jesus, back to Jesus, back to Jesus. And if that is the way you live, if that is the posture that you have, if you join us as we go back into John and we look at each of these stories, each of these examples, each of the things that Jesus is showing us, we will be able to find life in him over and over and over again. I wanna close with something that uh, Greg Boyd said. He said, God is infinitely more beautiful than you could ever conceive but spend a lot of your energy trying. The person of Jesus is the fullness. It is the first time we get to see all of who God is. And when we see that, it is an invitation to find our life in Him. And friends, it is good news. Let's pray together. Jesus, may we see you as John is trying to show us who you are, that you are the Messiah. You are the one we have been waiting for and longing for. And you are God. You are not just a teacher, just a great leader. May we find our life in you. So Jesus, I pray for anyone who uh, for the first time needed to make that decision, that, that they would have the courage to take that step now. Say, I don't wanna wait for anything else. I wanna experience life in Jesus right now. 
And I pray for all of us, no matter how long we have known you, uh, no matter what that journey has looked like, that we would be able to continue just like that arrow to go back to you when, when we have a good day, when we have a hard day, when we have a bad day, when seasons are tough, when seasons are good, that we would constantly go back to who you are and that we would find life in you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.